Welcome to Hacking Everything, the cultures and politics of hackers and software workers. This podcast invites researchers who study what it is to be a hacker or computer engineer or what it means to hack technical, individual, state or corporate powers. We will think through what the hack means and what hacking does to all of us. This is the second edition of the series where we turned a regular old academic conference panel into a podcast. What conference, you ask? This episode was recorded live at the European Association for the Study of Science and Technology conference in Madrid on July 7, 2022. So stay with us, your hosts, Paula Bialski, Matsi Oyala and me, Andreas Bischoff, as we throw out the PowerPoints and turn on the microphones and take you into the world of hacking. Record. Okay, wonderful. So welcome to Hacking Everything. This podcast panel invites all researchers who study what it is to be a hacker, computer engineer, or work with computers, software, or digital platforms, and perhaps what it means to hack technical, individual, state, or corporate powers. We will think through what the hack means and what hacking does. This is a bit of a different conference session as we will be recording live and then turning each session into a podcast. Instead of a classic PowerPoint presentation, we, myself, Paula Vialski, Matze Oyala, and Andreas Bischoff will be leading a discussion with our speakers in the format of a dialectic podcast. So for this session, we welcome Maya Lee Voigt from the Leufan University in Lüneburg in a discussion titled Control Plus F Feminist Futures Hacking Algorithmic Architectures of Cities to Come. Now to this day it remains a question of power who is granted the right to visibility to take up the claim of urban space both physically and virtually. It is not only floor plans and cityscapes in which gendered bodies hardly find unconfined spaces or representation. We understand discursive practices in online realms that often turn out to be equally restrictive, patriarchally dominated and misogynistic. Following five months of ethnographic research on cyber feminist collectives and their restrictive practices in Germany and Austria in 2021, Maya Lee's contribution asks how digitized cities become technologically, culturally, and spatially hacked towards representing more diverse realities. So welcome, Maya Lee. Yeah, so uh, first, like, uh, first question is like, uh, what does like hacking algorithmic architectures, as you call them, like by uh, and for uh, these feminist collectives, uh, what does it kind of specifically mean, and why is this focus on uh, space, so important. Thank you so much for having me. Um, as Paula already said, um, the room of one's own, if we want to term it with Virginia Woolf, um, who said or who thought about that already a hundred years ago, um, is not very granted for um, women, queer, or FINTA, as I call them. It's a German acronym, um, uh, meaning women, inter, and non-binary uh, identifying persons, trans folk, and agender persons. Um, and that just made me think of space, like who gets the space, um, 
and take up space and have spaces of representation, um, not only within the technological realm, but um, in the urban as well, since I'm an urban researcher. Um, so that made me think of how patriarchally restricted and dominated all those um, various spaces are still. And um, referring to the work of uh, Sophia Umoja Noble, Ruha Benjamin, um, and uh, different other urban scholars, uh, or specifically technological scholars from the US, um, that made me think of how um, algorithmic architecture specifically are still very uh, misogynic, um, are silencing women or queer identifying person. Um, and when we look at the smart city um, as a model specifically, those technologies are dominating spaces more and more. I mean, they're restricting spaces, they're urban gatekeepers like for example, um, artificial intelligence softwares like uh, facial recognition softwares and stuff like that. And they're limiting access to specific spaces, for example, by racial profiling. Um, they're not um, representing specific identities because um, technological development is still very cis-male dominated. So um, what are those technology uh, technologies reproducing um, is the question here. And what ideals are implemented in those designs that also reflect or are reflected in not only algorithmic architectures, but also urban spaces. And that's just what I wanted to point out. Okay, but so let's be a little bit specific here. So tell us uh, and tell the audience a little bit, what do these resisted, resistive hacking practices against, I guess, oppressive and patriarchal technology, what do they look like, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I was doing research on hack spaces specifically, as, um, especially hack spaces for women only, okay. um, or like Finta, as I said earlier. Um, and they were trying to uh, build spaces on their own um, in city structures, like little rooms, for example, but also also online realms, digital spaces, platforms, and stuff like that, to think about um, technology, to um, think about strategies against patriarchy and uh, technologies that are very male-dominated, um, and uh, to actually give agency to learn and to think about tech literacy together, um, to reflect upon that, um, but also to take up and occupy spaces in between. And what I um, saw during my research was that they were um, having their own spaces in very uh, interrestrial spaces within the city. So they had one uh, collective um, heart of code in Berlin. They had a tree shuttle, um, like a little tree house where they had their, their space with like a 3D printer. That and sounds amazing. I want this. Computers. Can you, can you also like paint that. it for the audience? What is heart of code in Berlin? Tell us a little bit. We have some time. So tell us a little bit about the kind of paint the spaces that you were in. Yes. Unfortunately, I didn't, I wasn't in there personally because I was doing the research during the second lockdown in okay. Germany. Um, but we were doing interviews, uh, or I was doing interviews, um, and it just, they painted the room for me digitally in that way. Um, so there's this tree shuttle. Um, you can just imagine like a little room, a very self-made, very DIY, um, with, um, um, a door that is, was retransformed into like a table and everybody's sitting around. Um, they have various formats together where they think about technology and think together, um, about various, uh, topics. Um, you know, lots of 
self-made things, um, also pregnancy tests, um, stuff like that, um, informations about various topics that are of relevance um, technologically, but also culturally, um, and especially gendered. And um, that's what they think about. And, and they who's there? Who's the they? Who's they when we're talking about um, It's a collective of uh, Finta, uh, identifying persons, and um, they vary and they have like a, um, a core of persons that are there, but uh, they're open to anybody who identifies with their values and uh, their gender uh, ideals, and um, they invite everybody to just join and hack together collectively, no matter if you're able to technologically hack or if you're new to the game and stuff like that. Yeah, sounds really good. Uh, could you tell a little bit more about kind of like, let's say, a little bit like, what do they want? A kind of like, a, what kind of, let's say, imaginaries or kind of draft futures or uh, kind of possible futures, this uh, uh, hack feminist collective? Like, what are they looking for or striving for? Or what, what, what would be... What would be a good goal for them? Mm -hmm. Can you tell a little bit about that? Yeah, talking about hack spaces in generally, I was talking to five and six or six different uh, hack spaces. So I guess it's easier to generalize it a bit, even though they're very heterogeneously within themselves. Um, but as I said, um, they're trying to develop strategies and tactics against the very male-dominated uh, tech technologies and also ideals um, that are or narratives that are uh, connected to uh, the various um, technologies that we experience in our everyday life. Um, but uh, specifically, they're aiming to build, uh, one of my interview partners said, like mini utopias. They're trying to overcome the present state um, of not only technology, but also society, um, gender biases, um, stereotypes, and trying to build spaces where a more diverse range of especially gender um, gender narratives are represented or find representation. And this is a very ongoing process. Like this is a never-ending process of negotiation, of coming together, of strategizing, um, of uh, building new worlds in a way, if you want to say it that way. Um, and just in those little spaces, overcome the stereotypes that they're constantly confronted with, or even discrimination that they're, they're constantly confronted with, um, and try to build those, um, yeah, new worlds in their own little spaces, but also try to connect to the outside world, this is very binary now, but um, to like a greater public, um, just try to diversify um, what it means to think about technology, but also um, society in general, I think. Yeah, I have a little clarification. So do I understand that, or would it be fair to say that they're kind of somehow building like a draft futures or some sort of demo futures in a smaller scale, mm -hmm. like locally? Is that, this is what they're going for? Yeah, I think so. I was, uh, doing my research, I was, uh, thinking a lot with, uh, Legacies Russell's, um, glitch feminism. Nice, nice. That's and good I think, work. yeah, That's and I work. think, um, with the glitch, like an arrow within various systems, um, I think the glitch is a very good entry point to think about hacks because a glitch might make a hack possible in a way, not only societal, but also technologically. Um, and yes, I think they're trying to, um, as Legacy Russell says, and I cite her now, is uh, practicing the future in the now mm, in yeah, a great. way. That's correct. Um, and trying to um, use the arrow as a possibility to um, just... Yeah, fight preemptive futures, fight the certainty of specific technologically imagined futures that we're confronted with, especially looking at smart city agendas and stuff like that. Mm. 
But I guess, like, I guess I'm more off script now for Maya Lee, but I'm wondering, is there different versions of the glitch or different visions of the utopia for, did you notice any conflict between, uh, I mean, as an ethnographer, you always love these moments of conflict and moments of some her clash. And I'm wondering if it's not all like everyone holding hands and happy and thinking through new futures or frustrated at the patriarchy. They're frustrated in different ways. I'm curious if you've come across, uh, different competing utopias or visions or ideals yeah I mean um, yeah I'm generalizing a lot right now it's very um, heterogeneous um, various hack spaces um, you know work with different ideals and different ideas also um, and of course I think it's very different where you can ent enter and for one person it might be um, I don't know um, trying to make um, the digital more accessible and then for another person it's more like um, material barriers that have to be made uh, more accessible um, so there are various entry points um, and various glitches also from the perspective that uh, you look from um, especially if we think with Legacy Russell and she's um, very much coming from black studies um, and uh, queer feminist um, studies and obviously that is not um, a, a, a applicable from like a, yeah um, especially very wide dominated um, hack spaces that they still are so they're fighting a lot also with their own homogeneity in a way um, which they're trying to stay open to and negotiate and uh, think through and reflect critically upon mm. but this is still an issue this trying to manage accesses also to their spaces, to their ideas. Um, and that's a constant negotiation and uh, definitely has to be reflected upon, yes. Right, and also thinking through what is the hack, what do we want to hack, and what is the object of the hack. So, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. sure, sure. And I guess, do you add yourself any hacking practices? I mean, back to your ethnography or your uh, ways of research, does your own methodological toolbox in any way kind of uh, work with some hacking practices. I'd I like guess? to twist it a little bit around, okay, like okay. where your participants able to hack you, exactly, so that you became, <laughs> you know, something else that you could have been. That's an excellent question, actually. Um, I think they did. They did. Um, I'm not a technological or a computer scientist. I'm an urban ethnographer, as I said. So I no, have... don't apologize for this. We're at <laughs> East. I think this is relatable for exactly. me. Yeah, I guess. Um, so I don't have any programming skills or a very uh, basic technological skills, I guess that's what I have. Um, but what they did really was um, I went into this re research with a lot of anxieties because of the knowledge hierarchy. Um, and they really managed to open up um, their spaces, their thoughts, their their ideas, and also they, their very um, gigantic technological expertise to me. And we were able to find like a common language together um, and actually realize that we have a lot of stuff in common. And it's actually very um, important. And a lot of scholars have pointed that out to to talk to each other interdisciplinarily. Um, uh, so, you know, um, computer scientists maybe have to talk to urban scholars and uh, vice versa to just um, get the multidimensionality that we're dealing with when thinking through spaces and digitalization and technologies and stuff like that. So uh, that's, I think, they really hacked my worldview even, uh, if that's a possibility. And I think as an ethnographer, you also always love to, you know, dive into different worlds and um, get surprised. Um, I think that's at least my personal goal. Um, yeah, so, but they, they definitely hacked me in a way, for sure. Cool. And what's next? What's next for you? Um, right now, I'm in a different realm. Um, 
trying to think through uh, Amazon as an urban player in, and how it's influencing the urban um, from, yeah, a very also not very tech feminist perspective maybe, but I'm trying to implement that for sure. Um, but uh, see how private interests, um, like we also see dominant in the in technology generally or in the smart city specifically, um, how they are shaping the urban and uh, city streets. Were you saying goodbye to the Flint uh, tech space research or? Not, no, no, never say goodbye. I don't think so. Uh, it's been so important to me that I definitely want to try to um, stick with that position, um, stick with that positionality and reflect upon that and bring that to my new research for sure. Yeah, sounds great. And then I really appreciate uh, like <coughs> how you make sense of the space and how can, can that kind of... Uh, uh, how their making of that space also has allowed you to enter into that. So I think you're doing a good work of like just working with this space stuff that you were. To, Thank you, you so started much. From so that's cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you right. so much, Miley. It was wonderful talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This episode was produced by Paula Bialski, Masi Oyala and Andreas Bischoff and recorded live at the European Association for the Study of Science and Technology Conference in Madrid on July 7, 2022. Sound editing and music was done by Hates Beats at Hot Milk Productions with special funding from the Chemnitz University of Technology. Special thank you to all the panelists and audience members of our Hacking Everything panel at this year's EAST 2022 conference.